Hi, I'm Steve Thompson, and today we'll be reading Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. But before we jump into that passage, I want to clarify some expectations for this journey through Exodus. There are lots of fascinating and enriching ways of studying the Bible, learning about the Bible. And it's actually a spiritual pathway to intellectually engage with the Bible, to dig into its context, its authenticity, its reliability, its origins. And these are all things that we can and should probably dip our toes into at some level. But because this is a devotional podcast, our goal is to hear from God through the Bible. So we're already starting with a few assumptions that we don't even need to articulate, but they are things like that the Bible is special, it's reliable, it is God-breathed or inspired, and therefore it has authority and influence. We believe that God not only reveals who he is and what he's done, which you could get by reading any standard history textbook, but God also routinely speaks through the Holy Spirit bringing things to bear on our lives and our circumstances specifically. So that's what we're listening for as we spend time in these passages. And that said, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us today through your word, through this passage? Exodus chapter 2. About this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in a basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance, watching to see what would happen to him. Soon, Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the river bank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? She asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. As I paused to meditate on this passage, here's what inspired me. God's amazing networking ability. I mean, he's designed an immensely complex and impossibly big universe that we're just scratching the surface of how much we don't know about it. And we are also just beginning to have our minds blown at the complexity of DNA, its very existence, and how each infinitesimally small component has massive consequences in defining everything about 
every living thing's existence. So I probably shouldn't be surprised at how God orchestrates how people's lives take shape and how they interact with other people's lives at just the right time. And in oftentimes such a surprising or even funny or ironic turn of events. So that's what was going on here. I mean, the daughter of the man who is committing an unspeakable genocide on an enslaved people would now have the very type of person he was wanting to kill, to destroy, growing up in his own home, under his own roof, nurtured and provided for with his own resources and care. And his funds are actually paying the mother who is supposed to um, commit this evil act. Now that's funny irony. And I think that's what leads a lot of people to think that this story in particular is just made up or maybe a common literary device for heroic fiction. But I'm not going down that sidetrack. That's why I prefaced the devotional the way I did. Feel free to jump down that rabbit hole and Google until your heart is content. But right, right now, for me, I'm simply reminded of how I get to see God's fingerprints in my life so often. Because of my job, I think I actually get to hear stories like this maybe a lot more than, than average. And so I wanted to share one of those with you as, as really proof, as evidence that God's doing this all of the time. And maybe not in such miraculous ways, but he's there. He's knitting things together. We got to hear from our Watermark uh, work team that just returned from Haiti. And one of the big concerns for them, one among many, was in, in doing relief work and emergency work like this, there are things that just can't be coordinated or foreseen ahead of time in order to keep the, the team busy and have them functioning at their highest capacity for the time that they're there. So it tends to be a little bit herky-jerky. Maybe there's a hurry up to complete a task, and you're working hard, followed then by long stretches of people having their hands in their pockets just standing around, waiting on materials or waiting on instructions or waiting on bureaucratic red tape. It could be anything. Well, one of our Haiti team members spent a good amount of time praying and talking with God about maximizing their time while they're down there so that they could do the most possible good. And afterward, looking back on the time, he reported how he could see how everything just seemed to flow seamlessly. Right as they were finishing up one project, the materials for the next project would arrive right then or the conditions would clear up to work on the next project, or they'd get directions for that next project when maybe nothing had been lined up completely or firmed up, and it just happened in the right time. God's handprints were all over their time frame, allowing them to get done in six days what might normally take a couple of weeks. I think God leaves his fingerprints all over our lives. But much like fingerprints, they're invisible to us unless we're looking for them. How many of us actually take the time to think through our days or our recent past and consider what happened 
and how things weren't just coincidental. And how many of us go through our days anticipating that God's going to show up? We just need to be observant to how our prayers have been answered or how our concerns and worries are going to be addressed in the upcoming day. So here's the time. As you stop listening to me drone on, I'd encourage you to take some time right now to think back through how God has orchestrated things in your life. How has he maybe rescued you from an accident or a miscue that could have been so much worse? How has he lined up provision of money or provision of time when you didn't know how it was going to work out and you didn't see how it could possibly make sense? And then as you think through these moments and seasons of life, give thanks. Simply recognize him, his fingerprints, and praise him for his faithful provision and protection. Father God, I take just a minute right now to say thank you that you hear our prayer and you answer our prayers. Not always yes, but we can still see the answers, yes or no or maybe, in our lives, in the things that happen around us, in our circumstances. Thank you for leaving evidence so that we can see that you're there, you care, you love us, and you're working all things together for the good of those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you. We worship you. We praise you. Please bring to mind more of those things in our life that we can thank you for and open our eyes to today, how we can see where you're already at work knitting things together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.